Joe S, the presenter. This episode is the podcast that goes fast, Formula One. This is a sport, motorsport if you want to call it that, that includes 20 of the best drivers in the world hurtling around a track at up to 375 kilometres an hour. F1 is incredibly advanced. They have thousands of parts in the cars. Like before, this is split into three sections. The past of F1, what was it like then? The present day, how is it different? And the future of F1, what is going to change? In all the sections, we are going to go through how different the cars are and the different drivers. Throughout the podcast, we'll be having small interviews with, the, with some F1 fans. We have a quick question now. really interesting. As well as this, we'll look at the winners and losers and everything we missed in a conclusion. Well then, strap yourself in tight with a six-point harness and don't crash because this is the podcast that goes fast. For our section one, we're looking at the past of F1 and the contrast between the different eras. So imagine it's the 1950s and you are mega rich, so not just hula hooping and roller skating. Why don't you drive some cars at dangerous speed? Now that sounded like fun for the rich. Of course people were driving cars and races for years before that, but it wasn't until the FIA came in with some rules and F1 started on 13th of May 1951. The cars were very different because they were made out of aluminium sheets and steel tubes. Also, the levels of safety were next to none. The drivers wore leather hats at the start, but that was changed to helmets before long. However, that was in the 50s. What about the other decades? Well, the engine changed in 61 and 66, and the cars kept getting faster and more complex. They even had six wheels at one point. Now a quick question with William Davis. What do you like about the old F1 compared to modern F1? Okay, old F1. Well, I think it, I liked the, it was the noise and the sort of messiness of it. The sort of, uh, it was much rougher and, you know, the, the, to me, all the people and the, and the drivers seemed um, much, because I was young, I guess, they, they were heroes and they were big giants of sports and all this sort of thing. And, but I like, yes, the noise and the, and the roughness of it, which today is slightly different. But in those days, it was very, well, to me, it was very, very exciting and glamorous as well. Because all these places they used to go to, I didn't really know where they were, but they were all very exciting. So that's what appealed to me.
There were, there were many drivers throughout this period, but the most famous would have to be one man well in the early days, Senna and Prost towards the end of the century, and Michael Schumacher, who won seven world titles. That's it for the first section, so now we zoom over to section two. So now we're in the second sector. This is all about the modern F1 cars. The cars nowadays are incredibly complex. They have been evolving for more than 50 years now, so it isn't too surprising. The speed machines can go up to 375 kilometers an hour and can take six Gs of force. That's six times the force of gravity. Could you do that? You might be wondering, who drives in these? The most famous from this area is probably Lewis Hamilton. Recently, he became the best driver statistically after he drew with Michael Schumacher with seven world titles and he has more wins. He drives a Mercedes-AMG Petronas alongside Valtteri Bottas. The other teams are Red Bull with Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, Ferrari with Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz Jr., McLaren with Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris, Alpine Renault with Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, Alfa Tauri, Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda, Haas, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher, Alfa Romeo, Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi, and Williams with George Russell and Nicholas Latifi. Now, we'll be looking at how a race weekend, yes, a whole weekend works. It starts on a Friday where there are two practice sessions to get to know the track. Then, on Saturday, there is one more practice session before qualifying. Quali starts with Q1, where all of the 20 drivers try to get out of the bottom five by setting faster lap times. The five slowest drivers are eliminated and they start in that order. Then Q2 happens. This is the same as Q1 except places from 11 to 15 get eliminated. These five once again get eliminated. Now, for Q3, it is the same in that they all try to set the fastest lap time before the session ends. Then, the order they are in is the order they start the race. However, the drivers in the top 10 have to use the tyres they used for qualifying, which can come back to bite them. This brings us nicely on to tyres. There are many tyre compounds ranging from C1 to C5. There are also wet compound tyres for the rain. To finish this lengthy section off, we are going to have a small interview. So, what is your favourite thing about the current era of Formula One compared to the past? Current era, uh, I think probably the probably what makes it more appealing now is the is the coverage, the, is the analysis that you get on the television and the insight that you get into the teams and everything. That didn't really used to exist very much. You just watched cars going around and it's very exciting. But now you get tremendous insight and commentary and punditry from the people on the television. So you get a really understanding of the strategy, don't you? And, and, and what's happening in the race and what they need to do to come out in the, in the right place on the track and what they need, what tyres they need to on and whether they're thinking of the weather and all these sort of things so you get a much better understanding of the, of the race now and the teams and the car and the technology etc compared to what used to certainly and that's what i really love about it now who 
is your favourite team and driver? My favourite team and driver? Well, uh, now? Yeah. I, well, I think, I uh, look, it has to be it has to be Lewis Hamilton, doesn't it? I mean, for a start, he's British, so there we are. I support the Brit. Um, and I'm very excited by, you know, his, his tremendous record. But having said that, I do like McLaren. So again, I, I like Lando Norris because he's British, so I support him as well. And McLaren's a British team, so probably McLaren and Lewis Hamilton. So McLaren is my team, Lewis is my driver. As a and f thanks for that. Now we twist through chicane to section three. section we're looking at what F1 will be like in the future. How will it be different? How will it be similar? And what is going to change? First of all we're just going to have a quick question. What don't you like about F1? Oh don't like it. Um, well probably the, the money, the, the, the huge amounts of money, the costs etc. It's a very exclusive sport for, for wealthy people, wealthy teams and it's hard for, I think, for, for normal, ordinary people, young people, etc., to break into that sport. So it would be good if it, if it was more accessible, perhaps, to, um, to a wider audience, a wider participatory audience as well. So I think possibly that. But of course, it has to be, there has to be lots of money, doesn't there? Because it's very expensive to build a car and travel all over the world and drive them. <laughs> so yeah, so that, maybe that, maybe that. Interesting. We'll get on to something like that soon. First of all, there's going to be some big regulation changes in the 2021 and 2022 seasons. One of the main changes, and there are a few, is that the cars will have a wildly different design. The tyres will have new 18-inch rims, less complex front wings, bigger rear wings, and less aerodynamic clutter around the side pods, as well as the reintroduction of ground effect, which sucks the car to the ground with a suction from low air pressure. The next huge change is the budget cap. This is because big teams like Mercedes and Ferrari have huge amounts of money to spend. They can hire more experienced people, spend more on research and development. Incredibly, Mercedes spent £333 million in 2019. Where does all that money go? They spend so much on carbon fibre, a light and strong material which pretty much all of the F1 car is made out of, and all of the tiny parts that go into it. Did you know that there are up to 80,000 pieces on an F1 car? That would take a long time to sweep up. On the other hand, smaller teams like Williams have much, much less money to spend. They had a budget of £95 million in 2019. This can very quickly turn into a cycle. If they perform badly one year, then they get less money, so they can't perform as well. So they get less money and can't perform as well. There is also the complete opposite where one year they perform well, get more money, so, that, so they perform well, then they get more money and then they can perform well, etc, etc. So, the whole point of the budget cap is to not let teams with more money run away with success and money to make the whole sport closer, more exciting and funner to watch. It is entertainment after all. To finish off, we're having some more questions with William Davis. 
What are you hoping changes in the future and why do you want that to happen? No change. Um, well, I think it's going to have to change and I'm, and I, I'm glad it is. It's probably that um, it becomes more environmentally friendly. Um, obviously, at the moment, the carbon footprint of Formula One is quite enormous. So I think they're going to have to look at how we address this in terms of the fuel. So I think there's going to be more um, more push towards electric vehicles, etc., which which they'll have to be careful with because you don't want to lose the excitement and the sort of roughness of, of Formula One. But I think that's going to happen. Um, I think they'll probably maybe travel less, um, have smaller teams, maybe. Um, to, so so that it's not it's not costing so much money and having such a big impact on the environment. So they're going to have to address that, uh, and that's a good thing, I think. What is what is your favourite thing about F one? My favourite thing. Um, okay, oh, that's a good question. Uh, probably is is sitting down on a Sunday after a nice lunch and watching a race feeling a bit tired and just watching the race and the exciting things about it and then probably reading about it afterwards I like all that and, the, and listening to what people have to say about it and the commentary and the strategy and all that that's what I like What is your favourite moment or race in F1? Favourite moment? Oh, there, there are lots actually I think one of the most memorable moments, perhaps, is maybe not my favourite, but there was a, um, a race. Um, oh, actually, no, maybe a favourite moment. How about when uh, when 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 um, uh, Damon Hill won, won his first won won his championship? That was a favourite moment that was very exciting or perhaps even when um, uh, what's his name if the next Briton to win it uh, what is his name uh, drove drove the um, what, what, drove Honda recently oh I've forgotten his name anyway perhaps when yeah when, when some of the favourite moments are when, when the when the drivers win maybe when they when they win it when they weren't expecting to so David Hill was a good example of that maybe Thanks, Zoomin and William. Now to the conclusion. Right, we're on the home stretch now. Here we are going to have some questions, a quick rundown on how F1 works, and then my opinion. Actually, I just want to say that F1 is a very dangerous sport. However, the safety of the sport has come leaps and bounds. Six-point harnesses, Kevlar fuel tanks so they don't catch fire, the survival cell, and countless others. This really shows in a recent crash involving Roman Grosjean. He went into the barrier very hard and kind of went underneath it. Luckily, as it was the first lap, the medical car with the doctor on board was at the crash in seconds, and he managed to escape, albeit with burnt hands. Thanks to the fireproof overalls, he managed to pull himself out. 
where there was a doctor and car to take him straight to the hospital. But not so many years ago, he would have not have made it out of that burning car. Now, some questions. What would you change about F1 if you could? Oh, well, I'd change it so I could have a go. That would be a good change, wouldn't it? So I could drive in a racing car. I think I'm too tall. I think I'm six foot four and quite big, so I probably wouldn't fit in the, in the, in the car. But if I could change the, change anything, where I'd change it so we had a nice big car for me to fit in, and then I could drive and see how I got on, see if I could win. But if I had to change anything about it, um, maybe that it wasn't so reliant, perhaps, on the best cars always winning, so that they were slightly more competitive, uh, so that some of the smaller teams would have a chance of winning the race, so maybe staggering, staggering starts, I don't know. The, the idea that the, the leaders, the leaders start from the back, have to drive through all the, all the traffic, that might be quite exciting. So the little things like that to make it more competitive, that, that's possibly what I'd change. Do you like the idea of reverse grids? Or would that be yeah, reverse, that's what I mean, reverse grids. I think it would be quite exciting, wouldn't it? So, so Lewis and everyone starting at the back, trying to get through the pack. I think it would make it quite exciting. I, I, I think so. Might be a good idea. I think they'd still win. Yeah. Which uh, should be good. Yeah, that's, that's all the Very interesting. On the topic of reverse grids, when the results are switched to make the qualifying, I personally, personally believe that that would be a very interesting change and it would do good to an increasingly one-sided sport. Some people believe that reverse grids is too extreme and they could be manipulated. Other people say they are a very good idea. To finish it all off, I'm going to do a speedy rundown of F1, although I don't think I'll be able to do it as fast as F1 cars. So, 20 drivers from 10 teams battled out on many different tracks. The cars they drive are incredibly complex and cost millions of pounds. They do some practice, then they qualify, and then they race. I think that is a basic walkthrough of what F1 is all about. I'm looking forward to the future of F1 and what it holds. Well, thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning about F1. I'm Joas, the presenter, and I will see you next time.